Mr. Pop. This is much better to show than last week, I tell you. Really. <laughs> well, you're conscious for this one. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. I've tried to get it on the show many times, Kev, but it just doesn't come out. I can't force it enough. No. Now, let us start. Let us mm-hmm. begin yet another week of this wonderful podcast. Last week, yes. number, the number 10 iTunes podcast. So we're very happy about that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying the program. Thank you. I think it's possibly the worst freaking show <laughs> I've ever freaking done. I was lying on the floor in a coma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I could barely get a word out. There's a there's a traffic accident uh, sort of mentality about uh, listening to you at your finest, Brian. It's like, well, it's like, <laughs> what'll he be like this yeah. week? So welcome to we- welcome to rock and roll. Welcome to another week. Uh, and uh, with me as always, my name's Kevin Hillier. With me as always, my, my two co-hosts, uh, as I like to call them, Harry and Megan. Uh, lovely, yeah. to, lovely to have you both. Uh, hello, Mark Fine. Hello, Brian Mannix. And I had to Hello. curtsy for the Queen. What a bitch. <laughs> Megan. Sorry, Fanny. Well, no, that's okay. How are you, Fanny? You've, you've, just, you've just been, prior to Brian arriving, just been showing me your new tat uh, that you've got. Yep. So Another you... one. <laughs> Another one. The Illustrated Man. This that's is. What... That's that's exactly what what uh, Fanny and I were just talking about. I was just telling about the Rod Steiger villain. Is that what you're you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a, they sort of um, the the ad for it's in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and oh, it's like okay. the the illustrated man. You know that great seventies voiceover. It's like very dramatic. Yeah, yeah it's terrific. Oh, great yeah. film. Rod Steiger's fantastic. Oh, you well, should you watch know, it. You know they used to have in the freak shows. <laughs> the tattooed lady. Yes. Now in the freak shows, they've got the non-tattooed lady, <laughs> a woman without tattoos. Well, well actually, Mannix was uh, was social media posting about tattoos. Yes, um, and it's absolutely for girls who want to come to the Gold Coast. It is absolutely compulsory by law that you have at least one tattoo. You can't get in here with just clean skin. They're, fa- they're fairly they're, – they're, they're, ro- uh, they're, they're robust with their checking of it, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty you know, well you, everywhere. You, you, you go into the bottle shop, it's like somebody looks about 17, they don't say you got any ID, they say, you got any tattoos? And they show them a tattoo, and then you go, go, and, get some, <laughs> go and get some piss. What, now, can you tell me, uh, finally, what is the the requirement for tats? Do you have to do you have to be eighteen, or can you clearly you can get them for, uh, under that? Well, I can tell you this because I've got a few tattoos recently, and I, I like getting them at different places. Oh, do you really? And, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought well, you would have had one bloke doing your whole thing. No, no, they're all oh. from. So the I places thought- I've been to have been Carlisle Street tattoo of. Chapel Street tattoo, Victims of Ink on Chapel Street, the last one. Very good. I'll be going back there, actually. Blue Lady tattoo in the city and Vic Market tattoo. Okay. Can I ask why you go to different ones? I like the idea of having different artists work on me. But I think the guy, Digby Stewart, New Zealand, he's just a lovely bloke. He did my most recent tattoo. I'm going to go back to him and get some more. Well, if you ever want to get a portrait 
New Zealand portraits. My mate Goma in uh, South Australia is possibly one of the greatest portrait tattooists ever, and he's always in Tattoo Magazine and all this thing, and his work is brilliant. But you've probably got a book in about three months to get him. So what's a portrait it's, it's tattoo, right? Do. Well, you know, you want a picture of Jimi Hendrix. It's sort of in black and white and stuff, oh, but it okay. looks exactly like Jimi Hendrix or, you know, whoever you like. And, you know, you get your baby or your wife, whatever you like. But um, but Could you put in a good word for me? Because I do want... Well, I, I can do that, but you'll have to go to South Australia yeah, yeah. to get okay. it. But, but, yeah, I can maybe push you up the list for it because, um, you know, if you've got somebody, something you'd want to have a portrait of, like he does everything, but portraiture, port, port, Kev, help me with that, portraiture. <laughs> um, I don't is, even know there's a word. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just making it up. Apparently agreeable is not a word either. But um, Agreeance. Agreements, that's right, yeah, that's the word, yeah. Okay, so I'm wrong on everything. Um, but, yeah, look, I'll have We've lost it, Brian. Yeah, a really yeah. accurate version of two or three old footy cards. Ah. Oh, he'd be, he'd be perfect for that. Like I'd love, yeah, I'd love two or three old footy cards on my back. Have you picked the ones you want? Yeah, not all St Kilda. Ah. Who? I just have certain footy cards I remember as a kid that I just loved those footy cards. Well, what were they? One of them's from 1972. I reckon yeah. it was one of the first packets I ever bought. It was a Sydney player, a South Melbourne player called Hayden McAuliffe. And his, his late name lives on forever, really. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a superstar, but it's a beautiful footy card because it's one of those ones with the really blue sky in the background. Yeah. Okay, so that. you want you want the sky as well. I think you can do that for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely want. There's one of Carl Dietrich, a St Kilda footy cut I love when he's got the crew cut. Oh, so I get, I get that. And there's a Footscray one I really like as well, of a guy called of a guy called Ian Salmon. Oh yeah, so I just love those old footy cards. Oh wow. What a what a what a bizarre thing to put on your body. Uh, to be honest, well, I'm not trying. I'm not being. Well, I'm not judging. Yeah. But I'm just. Yeah. Just. Well, just. who would you put on your body, uh, football wise, Kev? Uh, well, you know, but Finey's picking those because of the uh, the artistic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they've got good heads or whatever. Well, see, yeah. I collected I collected cricket cards as a kid. I have, so you have a cricket. I've got I've got boxes of cricket cards as a kid. I would. Um, the one of Graham McKenzie was an action photo, which I of which I really loved. Um, yeah, big Garth. Uh, uh, there was not. There was hardly. It was really funny because there was hardly anybody in the cricket card series who was a left arm bowler. And being a left arm bowler, which is what I you know I wanted to be a right. opening left arm bowler for Australia. Um, so there really wasn't one of them. But I I always I must admit I always loved Ian Chappell's. Scanlon's cart. It was just it was a headshot, but it was it was really good. So, Chapelli had made, and the other one that I I must admit I've always is uh, Ian Redpath's card. Well, I see. See, I love that. I love that series. They were the Sun Blessed cricket cards. I think they were black oh, and white. They had a pink border around them. Oh no, they oh, top. Them. And I love them because reckon, they because yeah. they had players that were shield players. Oh, okay. That never made Test cricket, and in that series was Malcolm Frankie. 
Yeah, he opened for Malcolm, the Queensland Sri Lankan-born spinner. Yeah, yeah. He was in it. Colin Dell, who played a couple of tests. Uh, left arm fast bowler, Colin Dell, wasn't he? No, no, that's yeah, Tony Dell. Sorry, go. that's Tony Dell. Colin Dell was the. No, was Col- T- Colin Dell was the Footscray footballer. Yeah, yeah. Tony yeah, Dell was, was Tony the left Dell. arm. He was the left. Yeah. I spoke to Tony Dell about oh, 12 months ago for um, the Authorised podcast that I do. He'd, he'd written a book about his his um, post uh, world uh, post Vietnam War um, problems. Yeah. There you go. Love well, that'd that, cheer you up. Oh well, no, wasn't it? It's, well, it is a happy ending because he got out of it the right way. Now, what, who would you have on yours, Brian? Well, I think there's a special on Gary Moorcroft tattoos <laughs> at the moment, and um, Gary Moorcroft is one of my. And he's just got a head. He looks like Barney Rubble. He's just got a ripper head. He's your favourite like, Essendon player, isn't he? Yeah, he is because he's short and he. You know, he's sitting there picking a fight with Monkhurst. He's about two and a half foot tall on that. And I think, have a look at this bloke. The first time I saw him play at a reserves game, he got kicked in the face and just kept going for the ball. I thought, wow, this guy's tough. <laughs> and, then, and, and then he got stabbed at a party and rolled up to training on Tuesday, you know, Saturday night, gets stabbed, I go off to training on Tuesday, no problem. <laughs> that, was a, that was a famous story that rocked up to training. And I said, what the hell happened to you? And he, goes, and he said, no, no, no problem, one of my mates. Yeah, just stab him at the party. So, you know, that's yeah. good. And, Kev, just talking about left-arm bowlers, you know, how you wanted to open for Australia, I tell you what, I reckon you would have taken a few wickets in the last test if you'd got a, if you got your chance. Yeah, the last two the last two uh, tests have not been, uh, not been spectacular batting-wise, have they? The West Indies well, and, they- and then the South Africans. Well, I like this two-day test thing. It uh, <laughs> gives the players, you know, plenty of time to play golf. Um, how bad was that? The pitch must have been shit out. So it was green the whole way, wasn't it? I didn't think it, was, it looked it was like great that. to watch. Yeah, I did, but I didn't think it looked like a tra- it didn't look like a dangerous track. No, it was very. The, there was plenty in it for the bowlers. Yes, there. Were, no, I admit yeah. there was too much. I admit that uh, I, the the ball I saw was at um, Rabada or Nagidi at the that um, in the second innings when they got him. That's at the end of the second day. And it spat off the pitch and just about took the bottom part of his jaw off. And he fortunately stuck a bat in front of it before it got there and sent it to first slip. But uh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't good. Well, I made I made some money on Kawaja because I had a bet with Lucky Phil and I said he won't make twenty. And unbeknownst to me, he didn't make twenty for the whole freaking test. You know, not just the first <laughs> innings. He made. 18 for the entire test. The guy, and I was going to get an extra $15 bonus if he had his big jumper on. Uh, what did, what did, did Warner got first ball duck in the first innings? But he, only, he only made two or three in the second three. innings, I think. Three, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, saw what got... you saw what Australia scored in the second innings. Was it four for 37? Four for 35 or something. Yeah. But do you know the great thing about that? Right. 19 extras. <laughs> yes, yes, I did see the last three balls or something went over the top of the batsman and the wicket keeper's head to the feds. You reckon there's curators all around the country going, hang on, we've got to make sure this pitch is a bit more batting friendly than what the yeah, cover served up. I think I think you'll find a few. The Melbourne, the MCC will guarantee that there's more than two days. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's, so. um, oh, and the World Cup was great too. 
Well, let's let's finish on the cricket, uh, and then we'll go to the World okay. Cup because it's a bit, right. uh, so all of my turn. I'm running the show. And yeah, I'm exactly. What are you, just keep... I'm too incompetent to do that. Back so, in your box. Uh, Back in your box. All right. Head. I'm going to get on my mat like <laughs> a dog. Uh, the South Africans. Uh, I mean, I didn't think they were. They weren't. Unfortunately, I don't think many of them can bat. So I don't know whether actually a batting pitch is going to help them a hell of a lot. To be honest, Farney, from what I was looking at, Verena looked good. The little wicket keeper? No, no, the guy who batted. Yeah, he was. Is the, he the keeper? He's the keeper. Yeah, yeah, he's the keeper. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he, he well, he looked all right. Uh, yeah. uh, Bavuma has, has never impressed me as a as a top line Test cricketer. Um, Dean Elgar's good batsman. The other bloke, uh, Rudy Van Dusen. Zondo tried a bit of pluck. He did in the second innings. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other bloke who opened the batting, he, he, I don't, I don't know that he's any great. Shape he's no him. good. He looks terrible. But isn't there a bloke? Now I was reading a story, uh, might have been last weekend or the weekend before. There's a bloke in South Africa who they didn't pick, a left-hander, Ryan, someone I think his name is, who's been peeling off hundreds in their their Sheffield Shield competition, which used to be called the Curry Cup. I don't know what it's called now, but he's been peeling off hundreds left, right, and centre. Was in the squad, but then didn't get picked because they said he wasn't fit. Yeah, I don't know. They've, they've also got this brilliant teenager, but he's not quite ready yet. I tell you what, you're lucky Australia didn't take the same approach. Shane Warne would have never got a game. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, he never looked fit. You know, it's not. It's pretty unusual when you have an overweight smoker that's an <laughs> elite athlete. Yeah, no, not not that sort of fit. This was uh, something they reckon there was something wrong with his foot. I oh, know. I remember playing golf with Warney when Merv brought him down to Werribee before he made the Shield. Yeah, well, he just made the Shield team. And I said, who's a little tubby little bloke over there you bought with you who's chain smoking? What's his name? And I said, don't you worry about him. He'll be he'll play for Australia and he'll play a lot of test cricket for Australia. His name's Shane. I said, oh, okay. And he's his brother Jason. Oh, okay. All right. Let him hit off. Off we go. Uh, I'm just thinking with political correctness. Do this show lacks. Do you reckon <laughs> you know how they say that see the power of crickets in the subcontinent now? Yep. Yeah. So the money is India. Yeah. Do you reckon they made South Africa change the name of the Curry Cup? <laughs> yeah, they probably did. Uh, they probably did. Yeah. No, I don't think. I don't think we're going to have too much trouble with the South Africans either. To be honest, even though they can bowl, the bowling attack. Show. Oh, look. If if we get sent in, we could get rolled. Oh yeah. No, that's true. I. Well, I'm assuming Warner will stay. Happen? I haven't seen. I haven't seen any news today. But I'm assuming the, the the test side stays or the test squad stays very much what it currently is. They won't make many changes to that, will they? Well, the squad will say the same because the twelfth man was Harris. Yeah. So I wouldn't bring Harris in and drop Warner, would they? Would they bother? No, probably not. Yeah. What's Scott Boland got to do to get a regular spot? Uh, probably hope that Josh Hazelwood continues to be injured. Well, there's at least Jeez. one injured bowler. I don't know. I reckon he should be in the starting lineup. I reckon he's pretty special. Would he be in you your? Know? Would he be in yours, Fanny? Yep. So he'd be. So who would your who'd your bowling attack be? Stark, Cummins, Lyon, Lyon, and Boland. Yeah, yeah. I'm up with that because Boland's he's not faster than the others. He's a bit of a seamer. Is that what he does? Yep. I don't know. He just gets wickets. He, he bowls. He bowls in a very similar spot to a certain Glenn McGrath. I don't know if he's dropping Glenn McGrath. Yeah, yeah. So he's just outside of 
off off stump and shit. He's had seven balls go past. Well, I've got to have a shot at one, and then you get nicked and you get caught in slips. Well, when they show the the what you know the little handkerchief, and and Mike Hendricks was the famous English bowler who I think first started doing that. Put a hank actually put a hanky on his on the training track and in the nets and used to just put it on different parts of the hanky so as it was always in the same spot but one major one one you let go and the next one you thought oh shit, that's closer so you played at it um he uh, he hits that spot the same every time mind you Josh Hazelwood does too I'm a I'm a massive rap for Josh Josh Hazelwood as a bowler I very hard if he's fully fit to leave him out of the team yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, those those guys like Glenn McGrath that just hit the same spot time and time again, they frustrate the shit out of the bowler. It's just a little bit too wide to go for, and then they think, ah, stuff it up, going for it, and then they get caught. But, but then, but then, if they do what uh, Boland and McGrath and uh, and Hendricks and them did every now and again, just do a little tiny weeny bit off the seam, bang, uh, you, you've got him. He's gone. Yeah, it cuts back in or it goes away, and off you go. What's the fastest you ever bowled, Kev? Oh, Do you know? No, I don't know. I wasn't. I, I yeah, I was. I was. I was reasonably quick for the greater cricket I played, but not 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 up in that. Hundred and thirty. Probably probably at, at the very 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 height of my you know t- sort of early twenties. Probably probably something like that. If but I don't know. I don't think it was. Because didn't even Warner used to bowl at about hundred and twenty. He bowled. Is that right? He was a he was a seamer before he's a spinner. But he was but when he was the spinner, even as the spinner wasn't he pretty fast. No. Nah. No? Nah? Good. I'm wrong at something. Fantastic. <laughs> well, you know, I've been right all night so far. The fans are gonna be the listeners are gonna be going, what the fuck's going on tonight? I think that um Mano's been right twice. Well, I think what you're probably alluding to is the the, the, the spin on the ball. The revolutions that he got on the ball were quite high, weren't they, Fine? He he, he do they reckon you could hear it fizz as it came Oh, yeah. I, I faced him. Yeah. I faced him in those nets. It was ridiculous when it landed, how quick it took off. Yeah. And it's because he broke both his legs and he had to freaking paddle around on, his, on like a skateboard for yeah. six yeah. months and his hands and fingers got all big. Yep. And they'll be a big, so, they're, doing, they're doing a big tribute uh, to him uh, for the Boxing Day test. Because it's the first test that's been played at the MCG since he passed in on in March of uh, this year. So do you reckon doing... the vac? Do you reckon the vaccine had anything to do with it? No, I don't know. No idea. No, uh, it's, it's a road I'd like to drive down because I just love a conspiracy. But um, <laughs> don't know. But yeah, actually, my mate Ken, who plays piano up here, um, he just suddenly died the other day. He's only about forty-five, and I'm thinking, how did this guy die? And you know, I don't know. Just my mate that had a stroke three days after he had the vaccine, and then the 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 uh, Florida, you know, the Surgeon General, he gets stifled on Twitter for pointing out this research that says people between men between eighteen and thirty nine are eighty six percent more chance to have vascular problems. So whenever somebody's got a vascular problem at a young age now, I'm sort of thinking, hang on. What's going on here? And, oh, yeah. Um, men who've had, had the vaccine at that age. Yeah, the vaccine. Oh, okay. For men between 18 and 39, this study came out saying they're 86% more likely to have, you know, vascular problems. And, you know, I see this guy, Ken, who just got up and died. And you sort of think, well, hang on, he's probably in the right age group. And um, it just doesn't seem right. But anyway, oh. I'm sorry. Do you I'm, know if I'm, he was I'm vaccinated? Not, 
Oh, he was loving the vaccination. <laughs> <laughs> he loved it. You know? Oh, God. I'd, I'd offer him a line of coke and he'd go, no, nah, don't worry about that. I've got another COVID vaccine here. And then he'd get out there and he'd play the shit out of the piano. He was terrific. Uh, all right, let's go to the World Cup now. Uh, finally, you got up this morning and watched it and loved it. Unbelievable. It was. Oh. I, I was so close to going to sleep about the 65-minute mark. I thought, well, you know, they can't get two goals. That, you know, that second goal, the one that Mbappe scored in open play was superb. Yeah, it was. It was a beauty. Then when Messi scored, well, the, you thought, well, that's it. The fairy tale, he scored the winner, but Mbappe got a penalty. He earned the penalty, got the penalty, scored the penalty. And the penalty shootout is not ideal, but it was such a great game, it'll just be remembered as a great game. It was a pretty good World Cup, actually. It was a a game in two hearts in that, um, you know, I thought Argentina were just dominated in the first half and, you know, they just looked better. You know, France was a bit, I don't know, a bit slow getting off the mark, I think. No, it's so talk France. Yeah, but then you know they what? got in that first half, Ar- France, yeah. France reminded yeah. me of Australia in the first half mm-hmm. of the Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Australia versus France, yeah. I, I, no, I it was Australia, Argentina in that first. They just were on the back foot. They well, just, when they went forward, they. The, the what, Argentinian defence is very underrated. Well, it wasn't until I, they let, let those goals in. What I thought was really interesting about the game was, okay, Argentina, they got a penalty shot, they got the goal, and then they revved them up, and then they got another goal. Second half, France gets a penalty, revs them up, and then they get another goal. Then goes to playoff, you know, extra time, and Argentina gets a goal in the first half, France gets a goal in the second half. Like, you know, really... If you were writing a script for a Hollywood movie, you probably couldn't write a better one. Yeah. Well, you could have written a better one because after France got that goal, did you see that shot of goal on goal by Messi that hit the crossbar? Uh, is it you did it bounce off a player or no, maybe I'm missing it. He had a shot from outside the penalty area that beat the keeper but hit the crossbar. If that would have gone in. Yeah. God. Well, it was Everybody really... would have gone into tattoo parlours to get a messy tattoo, which we can get quite messy tattoos. <laughs> Apparently somebody, some dickhead, didn't even know it was messy, said, oh, can I have your shirt? And Messi gave it to him, and they reckon it's going to be worth $3 million because they won the thing. I don't know. but Who did he give know, it to? Just some dickhead that sort of was, I don't know, on the sidelines or somewhere. He said, oh, can I have your shirt? And really, huh? and what, because what, they, was he a player? No, he's just some dickhead. Oh, wow. Well, he's no dickhead. You know? yeah. Well, no, he's not. He's got a $3 million shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, one of the Aussie Socceroos asked Messi for his shirt, and I don't know, one of the young boys who wasn't even in the team, and he, he did exchange shirts with him. He well, got, maybe, it's, maybe he's the dickhead. Yeah, no, well, not now. Um, but uh, no. the footage I've seen of uh, the celebrations in Buenos Aires is unbelievable. No, good yeah, for them. Happy. Well, you know, it'll help them get over this Falklands War. No, they've never quite got over that, apparently. Well, this this could help. <laughs> uh, so, Argentina, we finished up uh, with the ranking out of it uh, of 11. Which wow, is, that's great. Yeah, pretty good. 
I think after 2006, where it was 16. But that, that's not our yeah. world. Is our world ranking 11? No, I don't know. That's that's where we're ranked in the tournament uh, at oh, 11. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think our world ranking, we're still in the thir- we were in the 30s before the tournament, so I'll probably come up. But yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't It'll have come thought. down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, down, sorry. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, no, it's um, good. No, look, I thought the whole tournament was probably one of the best. Um, Look, games apart from you know Spain beating somebody nine one and um, you know but you know Morocco were great Croatia was great but every game was pretty good there were lots of goals and you know it's like you know AFL fans they hate soccer because there's not enough tournament. Sorry, we lost you. Then that's why we weren't reacting to whatever you just said because we. I I just thought you thought I was talking bullshit. No, um, you 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 froze. I heard, I heard what you say. You froze on my screen. Hey, um, uh, and given all that, given what you just said, uh, finally about it being, you know, one of one of the great games, and Brian, you just said the tournament was fantastic. Yeah, the whole thing changes for the next World Cup, and there's double the amount of teams, which means there's a whole lot of teams that shouldn't obviously be there Thanks. because they're they're catering for, like, I'm imagining the Yanks as the hosts. Well, there's an extra sixteen. I think it's forty-eight teams in the next one. And I think that's all right. It makes it easier for us to get in and probably makes it easier for us to beat a couple of teams. We're going to play Ireland or, you know, you know, some shonky, you know, Fiji or somebody will we'll probably win those. Yeah, but so, that, dis- that dissipates what it's all about, doesn't it? Well, you've got 192 countries in the world that play soccer. Only So just to make the World Cup to be in the top 32 is pretty good effort. But you know, 192. Well, you know, we're 48. I, I'm I'm oh. quite happy with that. I think that's all right. They'll, they'll oh, let's give them a turning the up medal. Quickly. Well, have you been to local sports at your at your primary school yeah, lately? Yeah, I know, I know, and I, Everybody and I don't gets like a it. And ribbon, I don't like it. You know, and Kawaja comes along, gets a big jumper. It's just a joke. <laughs> Uh, your thoughts uh, on that, uh, Mr. Fine, uh, on the changing format of the next World Cup? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Okay. In the end, the good teams will be in the last day. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. All right, while well, we, we have to talk about it, um, the disgraceful, um, game-changing uh, thing that happened on Saturday night, the Melbourne victory, Melbourne City derby, Look, I take full responsibility oh, for it. I, oh. I was pissed and somebody got handed me a flare. I thought it was a joint. I lit it up <laughs> and I said, this is dangerous. Yeah. So I threw it at the goalkeeper and then all shit broke loose. All right. Well, what about the other 49 flares that you lit and, and uh, dispensed around the stadium? That's just, uh, sorry, just heartbreaking for those who spend so much time trying to promote that game and then in the space of... Ten minutes, the game goes back to where it was. Oh, God, oh look, I, do I don't know. Do, where. do you know what I noticed? That the people that invaded the pitch there was one guy in a balaclava. Oh yeah, and, and, and he pulled and he and he pulled the balaclava off. It was Gil McLaughlin. <laughs> he started the whole freaking thing because the <laughs> AFL just can't handle anybody else doing all right. Now, I did see some social media posts which said, where's Finey when you need him? Uh, some broadcasters wondering what Mark Fine would have made of this if he'd still been 
a broadcaster on a sports station in Melbourne, what would you have said, Fanny? First of all, I feel for all the fishermen and boaters out there that were out on Port Phillip Bay, Western Port Bay, without flares because you couldn't buy one in Melbourne. <laughs> Very dangerous to be out there without a flare. Um, you know, there is a a minority of soccer supporters in this country, pissant, wannabe, you see, there's this soccer movement of ultras around the world and they're hardcore supporters, many right-wing and politically motivated with some very dangerous ideas and they're these, there are these copycat pissant soccer supporters here that go pack to the gills with flares and bad intentions and then have to get bailed out by Nonna or Mama, you know, after the game. I'm sorry. You know, they're, they're about as, you know, as tough as pudding skin. But unfortunately, you get 15 idiots running onto a pitch, you know. So so what do they do? What, what are they, f***ing chimpanzees? You know, what do they throw, a metal bucket at the goalie or something, whatever, hit him? And then other yeah. idiots are just climbing on the goal on the goals and bouncing on them. You know, like, you know, what are they? IQ of something something below David Warner's summer test average. I mean, I mean seriously. Oh, there's a you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce off a crossbar like a like a caged chimpanzee. Well, your family two- must be your family must be enormously proud of you. There's two things about that, I reckon. And firstly, if you want to be like the overseas people, well, write some good songs and all get singing like they do in Premier League and that. You know, they've got some great songs and chanting and shit, which is really cool part of the atmosphere of it. Um, And secondly, isn't, you know, like – Okay, take Australia out of it. But, you know, if I go to an English Premier League game or a Serie A game or a Spanish League, League One or whatever, aren't I going to see a couple of flares at the soccer? Isn't it kind of a tradition with soccer that somebody's always got a couple of flares and they're always going off? Isn't Not in that... England. Oh, really? Oh, Never in Manchester, England. Since Manchester United's stand burnt down and killed about 92 people or something, is that is that right? No. No, Bradford City stand burned down, but that was the cigarette. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, that, that flares aren't part of English football, never have been. What about So where's it come Spain from, Fanny? Very, very big in South America, very big in, in Italy. Okay. Certainly not part of German football, not part of French football. Yep. But big in South America, big in Turkey. I mean, I've been at the soccer when flares have gone off. You Is know, it good or not good? It, it does look great. brilliant. It looks, yeah. it looks, you know, it just looks really effective, but it's very dangerous and you can't do it. Well, if you've got a concrete stadium, maybe you can let people have the odd flair. No, it's just dickhead behaviour. You're just allowing it's very dickhead dangerous. behaviour. A lot of people actually, have been badly injured by them. Yep. Do you remember, actually, do you remember the World Cup oh, years and years ago and it was Pakistan versus India and I don't know whether it was in India or Pakistan, but... Whoever was hosting it, they were losing the game. So they started setting the stand on fire. And I thought, oh, have a look at this. This is terrific. I just, you know, there's all these little fires on the stand because they're pissed off that their cricket team's going bad. I thought, well, you know, 
that's pretty entertaining. But, you know, if you were there, it probably wouldn't be. But um, from a viewer on TV, I thought, yeah. And, you know, from a viewer on TV, a flair, I go, yeah, it was cool. All right. So, but, you know. so responsibility for this. I mean, they've uh, they've charged three blokes who um, turned literally turned themselves in. They've, there's another eighteen photos that they've circulated today of people that the police wish to speak to. I couldn't believe that the league said they're threatening life bans, but half of the, the some of the ones that they've already got photos of uh, apparently were already banned from the stadium. So. So that's effective. So that doesn't work <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't you? I just, I absolutely hate modern procedural correctness. Yeah, me too. The the only because issued Melbourne victory with a show cause notice. Yeah, they may as well issue them with a B, your bums in Burke Street notice, <laughs> like show cause why we shouldn't take action against you. What are they going to say? It's just a stupid process of. Uh, bum bum yeah, covering. We, it's we, ass covering. We need to show a we need to show a show cause notice. Well, it's, who it's who as, came up with that? It's as oh, idiotic. Like it's as idiotic as the as the 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 person who's the, the the woman who's the head of victory, the bloke who's the head of the players, and the bloke all coming out and saying we don't stand for this behaviour. Well, Jesus Christ, do you reckon we thought you did? Yeah, I mean it's just stupid, isn't it? I know it's a soundbite for the media and all that stuff, but to see the person from the the lady from uh, Melbourne Victory saying, "We, uh, you know, this behaviour is disgraceful." That well, uh, yeah, we all know that. But, but what's a show cause notice? You've got two days. They're not going to say that they shouldn't be punished. A show cause notice. Imagine if you did that in real life. Your kid, if one of your kids comes home pissed, you've got twenty four hours to show cause why you're not going to be grounded. <laughs> Sounds fair to me. <laughs> you can't ground me. You can't ground me. I need 48 hours. This would be a show cause notice. <laughs> I, think I saw this thing on Twitter, which I thought was really interesting, and somebody had replied this, you know, I was obviously a soccer fan, and they um, they said, oh, but nobody talked about this, and it was uh, Collingwood Carlton going the shit out of each other. But I'd never seen it before. And I, I think that the AFL, you know, the shit happens at AFL games every week, but it just never gets violence. reported. Yeah, a lot it of never gets reported. I had a friend of mine, she was a big Essendon fan, and they started picking on her daughter, like Richmond fans started picking on her daughter after the game, and she ended up in a punch-on with all these Richmond fans. She's a woman. And she's trying to protect her daughter, and she's punching on with men. It's like fucking hell. But but that stuff, you know, the AFL, as we spoke about, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to release the fixture on the day Australia plays Argentina. They just can't cop it. But I reckon too that they can stifle stories that they don't want to be told. I think you know because they, I think they probably own the Herald Sun or whatever, but. I don't know. I think there's a lot more shit that happens with AFL that never gets reported. But Jesus, they love freaking picking on soccer because a the of, AFL. There's a lot of violence at the footy. Yeah, yeah, but that never gets reported. But oh shit, you beauty, we've got a flare, and you know, obviously it was disgraceful what happened. But you know, do you remember the Collingwood fans burning the streamers of somebody else at somebody else's fans at Victoria Park? I was I was a cult. I remember being a cult one day at Princess Park oh, when, well, when, oh, the, when the Bulldog Carlton. supporters went went 
toe to toe with the Carlton supporters. That was. That yeah, was, but they set fire to the. Uh, the I don't remember one. that. Streamers. I reckon it was the Victoria Park. I was talking to my okay. brother about it, but well, I could be wrong, but um, that was. But, you know, there's been a lot of really heavy, bad shit, especially back in the 70s when you used to go. People you'd take their risky and they'd be blind and, yep. you know, punching on and, you know. But, yeah, I just I think soccer gets a bit of a hard a hard job, you know, a hard deal. And, okay, it was doesn't, terrible. It doesn't help itself. I mean, you've got to be honest, it doesn't help itself. Look, well, well, I, what happens in the crowd at footy can be bad, but – at least the AFL has a handle on pitch invasions because once you do it, once they run onto the ground and, yeah, know, imagine if that happened in the footy, if, if fans ran on the ground and the player got stitches and that would be well, well, hell can, break loose. Can, can you imagine how I feel I'm doing a show and then suddenly Warwick Kappa gets up and starts to sing everybody's part? It's like, you know, <laughs> to say, now that's a pitch invasion. <laughs> It's the, the old stage invasion. Uh, <laughs> I was at Marappa one day when a bloke ran on and uh, and he had a, he threw one at, at, at Dougie when Dougie was running off the ground and uh, I knew him and uh, I grabbed him and said, uh, mate, if you'd have connected then you would have spent the next part of the ten best 10 years of your life probably behind bars somewhere at least, you know. Uh, in a lot of trouble and a lot of notoriety, uh, what the hell were you thinking? He's, oh, I just got ripped up in the moment and, you know, ran on and he was a bulldog. Well, you know, there's that famous footage of Robbie Muir running off the ground at Moorabbin and some fan went up and fronted him and he just went to king hit him. He almost <laughs> would have – he would have destroyed him. Yes. Now, what I'm going to tell you now is a true story and only I remember it. Yeah. And I have tried for years and years – you know, Russell Holmes, we worked for the leading newspaper and I was trying for years for him to get back copies or whatever because I never kept the article. And if I would have kept this article, it, but so people just have to take my word for it because mm-hmm. I used to live in McKinnon, so I'd get the Moorabbin Standard. All right, yep. And there was a small article in the Moorabbin Standard in the 70s, but I just unfortunately never kept it. So it's only, I promise you this is true. And it was an article that related to the arrest of a football supporter at Moorabbin on Saturday in the game between St Kilda, I can't remember who it was against, let's say St Kilda versus North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And the man was charged with public affray after attempting to lodge a hot dog in the anus of a police horse. <laughs> well, what, what's wrong with that? After the after the game or something, he ran on with a hot dog and the horse must have had its tail up and he stuck the hot dog in the Horses ass. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's one of the funniest crimes of all time. <laughs> he, was, he, he, he was a friendly horse. Actually, speaking of, speaking, of stuff that, speaking of stuff that's hard to find on the internet, but back in the 80s, and I think we've spoken about this before, so I'll be brief, but um, some idiots broke into the Adelaide Zoo and they started having sex with all the animals. They must have been on acid or something. And they're rooting parrots and Alligators, rooting and, oh, parrots. Okay. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what they rooting what alligators. Like. <laughs> I think that's a bit. Well, you, group. Probably, <laughs> you probably start off with a parrot and then work your way up to there. To I an don't know. <laughs> but all I know, but you know, this, these two guys broke into the cricket zoo and had sex with a whole lot of the animals. Now, the next day, all the emus, all of their feathers at the back was all flat. 
The rhino had shit on its horns. It was an absolute disgrace. And something that I love to remind South Australians about, about how at least the animals at Melbourne Zoo are virgins. But that's, that happened. How do you read <laughs> I know the answer to this. How do you read an alligator? Very carefully. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, monkeys are walking around holding their arms. They're not big on the missionary that. position, alligators. No. no. Not fond of it. Actually, no, I think you'd have to go the missionary position with an alligator. I don't actually know where their genitalia is, but I'm figuring it's going no, to be on the under, underbelly. I reckon you I, should I, find out. I've got out. a feeling... I've got a feeling you'd lose an arm just looking at it as a bloke or a bird. Well, it's like a baby's arm anyway. So it's is, on. is it a boy alligator or a girl alligator? Uh, at that point, I don't think it matters. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you'd be game as all get out if you wanted to start with a bit of oral sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, definitely <laughs> receiving. <laughs> ah, great. We've got uh, into the gutter. I uh, thought we were going a bit too serious there. Now we're didn't just... take as long, really. It didn't nah, take as long. Fantastic. Yes, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, everything's right in the world again. Back, uh, back to dick talk. Um, <laughs> now, well, we haven't spoken about poo yet, but we'll get to that. Poo? Oh, look, I seem to talk about poo. Oh, no. see, that's, I'm, see, I'm not a, I, 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 a bodily. I'm not a bodily function discussing no, person. No, and you never discuss that on radio or podcast. This... I hate it. If, when really? I, I when I listen to radio, even if they're talking about farting, like change the channel, I yeah. hate it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm oh. not a bodily function person. Well, even no, like I, even sitting around your mates, I don't talk about body functions. No, I don't. Like oh it. no, no, it's a, it's a. You know, my mate Ali tells me, goes, "Well, that's good, Brian. You spent." It took four minutes before you bought up poo. And, um, and you know, the thing about it is, right, there's two things in this world that everybody strives for and they had a, con- a commonality. And we all are looking for love and to be loved. And the other thing is that we all take a shit. So we've got millions of songs written about love, but I think the shit side of it is well under par. We need a lot more songs about taking a poop. I don't know. Mariah Carey's done a few albums. <laughs> yeah, good one. Fair enough. Enough about poop. Yeah, good, good, why, why did good. You, why do you have to bring this up? I just didn't want to talk about it, but good. you've just forced it upon us. No, I'm not. I'm not. I got it. I'm, um, uh, as soon as the conversation that wherever I am turns that I'm out, I'm gone. I'm, I'm whooshed Let's move on. See you later. All right. Right. Uh, now, was that your sporting trivia? The, that uh, no. McKinnon? No, that wasn't. Oh, it. No, that, oh no, that I thought that must have been your sporting trivia that you talked to me. That was the McKinnon. No, the no, McKinnon it's hot a great dog story, and it's true. The great hot dog scandal of nineteen seventy two. Oh God! Where's the evidence? No, well, the well, hope- it's up the horse's back passage, you idiot. Where do you I reckon? Hope there was. I hope there was no mustard on that hot dog. <laughs> might have been what. Uh, might have been what did him. What, what bought him undone? You'd get a kick in the face of a horse, wouldn't you? Oh well, depends. Depends on. I like it. Mate, it depends a, on the horses. Or a wink and a phone number. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> remember, Moravan used to have the big super dogs, those huge long hot dogs. <laughs> oh, 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 Jesus. 
50 metres fifty metres from the finish line. Here comes Gun Send. Oh, and a huge hot dog just popped out of his arm. Uh, oh, God. All right, so what's your sporting trivia, Fanny? I've put together a Christmas-themed football team. Ooh, nice. I like it. All right, are you ready? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absol- hang on. George Rudolph. Beautiful. Fullback, Laurie Rain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two games for Footscray. Back pocket, Paul Deer. Back line, Rudolph Reindeer. <laughs> hang on. Oh, yeah, Rudolph, Rudolph Reindeer. reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> For the back line, good, Rudolph very Reindeer. Good. Very good. Very good. Uh, back, back line, line, the great Michael Long, yes. Daryl White, and a Richmond player from the 60s, Colin Beard, Long White Beard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excellent. excellent. Now, the centre line, I'm going to do a bit of mispronunciation here, unfortunately. Mm, that's all right. I've got Stan Elves. I've got Stan Elves. The sentiment, he's just remember Wayne Carroll played for Sydney? Yeah. South Melbourne? Yeah. Now Wayne Christmas Carroll. And the other wingman, Nick Del Santa. Del Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the center line is what is Elves Carroll DeSanta? Yep. All right, I, I like, like it. Half forward line, Jim Miller, the great Dandenong full forward, played a handful of games for Carlton. Keith No, played for Geelong in the forties, and Hassaman. <laughs> so we're going, to, we're going to go with Jim Miller's nickname, Frosty. And we've got yeah. Frosty Snowman. Yes, very good, very good. So at, read the centre line for me. As it should be read, Fanny. I'm a bit slow. Now the centre line's just three different names: yeah, Elves, Carol, and Del Santa. Yep. Oh, that doesn't join together. Okay, got it. No, not as now good the, as your back line. Now the full forward line is Christmas dinner: Braden Ham. Uh. <laughs> One of my favourites. Now the Carlton had a full forward called Tom Carroll, who was a cousin of Wayne Carroll's. They're all from up near Wagan. Gan Maine, but his nickname was Turkey Tom Carroll because he was a turkey farmer. Oh. So you've got Bradenham, Turkey Tom Carroll, and South Melbourne's Philip Plum for pudding. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Would you have Ricky Nixon chicken on the um, on the interchange? No, I've got a good interchange. Oh, I you'd gone that prepared, but please inform. Ruckman is David Jolly. Oh, of course. Old Ben, old ben Jolly. Now, the Ruck Rover is the captain of the team. On the, the bench. brilliantly named Carlton's Carlton and Adelaide player, Chris Massey or Chris Massey. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Remember Chris Massey? Yeah, do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great Christmas name he's got. Chris Massey. Chris Massey. Yeah, very good. Yeah. And the Rover is Jimmy Cracker. Uh. <laughs> so read the, read the three of them to me. Well, I've got David Jolly Christmassy and I've got a Jolly Christmassy cracker. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Love it. Love it. Now, a lot of interchange, as you know, doesn't have great players, but I've got an interchange full of presents. <laughs> yeah. Josh Toy. Oh, nice. 
Ollie Wines, Ty Zantuck. Ty, yes, Ty Zantuck. As in Ty, the Ty's the present. Oh, okay. Or You've got a toy of Ty Wines, but then the fourth guy on the interchange, he's the best present of all. You know the yes. tennis player, Pat Cash? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. His old man played a handful of games for Hawthorne. Yeah, he did too. Pretty cash for Christmas. So, so forget toys, ties, and wines. You got cash. Yes. Very good. And there's I your like team. It. Very good. That's really good. I really like that team. It's a great they, very good. How do you reckon how do you reckon they'd play? They'd be shit out, Good for one day a year. Well, yeah, they'd be good on Christmas. Like, like you do the Christmas Day test. Yep, they do the Christmas. They do the Christmas Day game, and then Boxing Day, they fight and punch the shit out of each other because they, didn't, uh, as everyone. And it'd be does. The, if you were playing it, you go to that Christmas game. You'd want to chuck a couple of flares at the fullback, though, wouldn't you? Oh. <laughs> you know, get that Christmas spirit going. Anyway. Very good. Look at you. Very good, you, funny. You, you, you've just had enough of me, haven't you, Kim? I look at your face and I go, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't. I'm very good, funny. I'm very, I'm very, very pleased with that. Finey's just funny. delivered something really good and then Mannix has come with a pile of shit, you know, and you look, you've got this look of consternation on your face, like, how the hell am I going to fix this? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not fixing anything. not fixing anything. We're going to talk Mate, about but- Christmas now. Mate. You're going to talk about Christmas now and your your best and worst present, your best and worst film, and your best yeah. and worst song. I've got it. Right, uh, Would you like to start, Mister Manix? You know, we'll, no, uh, I have, I haven't got my worst Christmas film yet, but so it was hard actually. I, the the worst Christmas film was difficult, but the most difficult of all the things that yeah, uh, those I've, topics. I've got everything else covered, but that one is. Struggling for how'd you go with the films, Finey? Easy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, tell tell us. We'll do we'll do this in categories. So, give us your best and worst film first up. So, my best film. Now, you got to be careful. What's a Christmas film? Some films are just all about Christmas, and some films have a bit of a Christmas vein through them. Okay. So, is Die Hard a for you? Is Die Hard a Christmas film or not? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. is. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Oh, it's definitely a Christmas film for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I'm the same. So, it is, yeah. Um, so I think Diane's going to feature well at this. <laughs> not for me. Oh, really? Not in, no, not no, in me neither, actually. It's it's on, my, it's on the list of ones I looked at for my best, but I did my, it's not my best. Go on, Finey, what do you got? Well, there was a great scene in this where well, this is one of my favourite movies of all time where – one of the characters dresses up as Chris as Father Christmas, but he looks like a complete hobo, and he tries to deal a salmon by putting it in his beard. <laughs> Very funny. Ah. It's trading places. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one that that it, does it fall into the thing. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie for me. I only talking yeah, about that film the other day, but I wasn't talking about anyone putting a salmon in their beard. It's got enough <laughs> Christmas in it to qualify. Yeah, it's a who great puts, movie. Who puts the seven in the bed? Eddie Murphy? No, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, when Dan he's sort Aykroyd. of down and out. He goes oh, to the party. Yes. And he's got this catty grey beard. He's got a salmon stuff, a whole side of salmon stuck in it. It's quite funny. <laughs> uh, it's a good film. And look, and and 
If you don't think it's a Christmas movie, then have a look at Jamie Lee Curtis's Baubles. Thank you. That might have been why that the particular movie came up the other day. We were talking about Jamie Lee Curtis and what a fine yes. figure of a woman she is. Yeah. I think what you're trying to say, Kev, is she had an amazing set of tits. Uh, well, I think that is what I said without actually saying it in such a vulgar and coarse and non-Christmas way. And manic well, way. <laughs> you can see you can see the professionalism of you straight out. I just, you know, and I, you know, I'm learning from you both. You know, you guys have spent years on radio, and you know, I'm still I'm still developing. Anyway, I've interrupted you finally. Please continue. It's funny because I was actually talking to somebody about the podcast on Saturday afternoon, yeah. and I know this guy, but I didn't know what his surname was. I said, who do you do the show with? I'm going to listen to it because I used to like listening to you on radio. I said, Kevin Hilly and Brian Mannix. He goes, my surname's Mannix. Wow. There you go. There you well, go. I don't, I'm not happy about that. I like my name being rare. Yeah, not rare enough. So, mm. so the worst Christmas movie... Now, very close was a movie, second worst, mm-hmm. is a movie with Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Oh, uh, okay. But it's not worst. No, okay. What, what, was, what was that one? That was Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Awful. Yep, yep. But the worst movie, now this, thanks to my son Lucas, gave me the background on this. What started as a Nintendo video game then became a Christmas version of a Nintendo Nintendo video game. Christmas Street so, Fighter? No, it was it started <laughs> off as Nintendo 10-pin bowling. Oh. And then they had great success with elf bowling. Uh, where uh. you're an elf and you bowl against Santa on the in on it, they made Elf Bowling the movie. Oh, no. Oh, in which Santa has to go to Fiji to rescue the elves oh, who've been no. kidnapped, obviously caught up in the current political situation in Fiji. Now, to make this movie even worse, you know, based on a video game is a terrible start. It's a musical. Oh, my, which oh, makes my God. Even worse again. But as my son told me, the greatest shame of this movie is it's left unresolved with a clear opening for a sequel that thankfully never um, got done. Oh. You know those movies that just intentionally are made for a sequel? Yep. Yeah. Friday the 13th, Halloween, all of them. Yep. I mean, I mean, somebody has tipped some liquid hallucinogenics into the eggnog before they've gone and made this Anyway, I haven't seen it, but reading the synopsis and my son assures me one of the worst movies of all time. So it's actually called Elf Bowling? The movie. Oh, Elf Bowling, yeah, like as opposed to Elf Bowling, the video game. Yeah, it's like Brian Maddox taking a piss, the movie. (laughs) Yeah. We'd have to film it. At, we'd have to film it at Niagara Falls. Oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> Righto. What's your best and worst movie, Mister Mannix? Um. Okay. Well, the best Christmas movie I think is Die Hard. Oh, okay. Because um, it doesn't delve too much into Christmas. There's lots of action, and I remember seeing it at the drive-in, 
and my wife was pregnant. She fell asleep because it was the second movie. She fell asleep through it. She goes, oh, it was a driver name. She said, what was the movie like? I said, babe, I've got to be honest, that's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so then, you know, six months later we got it out on video and sat. she fell asleep in it again. It took about six five later goes. we got it out. What, the baby? <laughs> well, the baby, the baby. We got the baby and to celebrate with Die Hard and um, – you know, it was a great night for us all, but she fell asleep again. Um, it took about five goes to watch Die Hard. But, no, I think, you know, it's not really a Christmas movie. But I don't particularly, you know, you probably say It's a Wonderful Life is probably the best Christmas movie. And I am going to go and see in the next couple of days there's a new Christmas movie out called Violent Night where Santa's drinking and he's punching the shit out of bad guys and killing them and stabbing them and shooting them. I'm like, yeah, that's that sounds like well, that'll be all right. So, you know, for the next year, that might be my favourite Christmas movie, Violent Night, but I'll let you know uh, when we come back in the new year. Right. Um, now, the worst Christmas movie, and I think, you know, there's probably there's an Australian one about a Christmas day, which is shit house. It's a great idea, but it just, they didn't get it right. But, no, Scrooged with Bill Murray. Um, oh. It sort of it goes all right. And then suddenly towards the end, he breaks the third wall. Now, you understand what the third wall is. Like if you're an actor in a play, you never see the audience. You don't talk to the audience. It's like you look above them and you that. Well, he just suddenly turns to the audience and starts lecturing us about, how we should behave with each other. And I think, oh, f*** you, you know. I'm here to watch a Christmas movie and here you are lecturing me to be nice to others. It makes me want to be nasty to others. Um, so I think Scrooged is that, you know, the movie was okay until that scene came on where he just, it's like this bloke in the theatre just telling me off. It's like, well, f*** you. So Scrooged is the... Worst Christmas movie I've seen, although I know there's a couple from Hallmark where, oh, she's got cancer, she's got seven oh, kids yeah. and she's got to find a home for all of the kids and you home for the before Christmas. Like, yeah, well, you go and cry your eyes out. I'm not going to watch that shit. But um, Scrooge and Die Hard. Okay. So I'm going to change my nomination for the worst Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, to The Wedding Singer. Oh, no, you can't do that. Is that a Christmas movie? Exactly. It's a terrible it's it's a terrible Christmas movie. It's a great movie, but it's oh a no. terrible Christmas movie. <laughs> actually, actually, I reckon Jaws is a terrible Christmas movie too, now that I think about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there saving Private Ryan, that <laughs> fuck as far as Christmas was concerned. <laughs> Schindler's list. Yeah. Schindler. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Schindler's list was that was that was heartwarming. I thought that was a great <laughs> movie. And um, you know, what we do is we do the nativity scene with the kids every year and then we watch Schindler's List and uh <laughs> Schindler's List was a Christmas movie. Oh, that's that's gold. Oh, thank you. Terrible. Terrible, 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 Muriel. Um, Home Alone's my favourite. I loved I loved that. I first time I saw it, I laughed. I just laughed out loud, thought it was very funny. What are you, Michael Jackson? No, but no, don't <laughs> stop it. I said I, I said I laughed. I didn't say I lusted out loud. I sort of laughed out loud. Um, I said the L. It just made me laugh. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of those movies that I went to and thought, oh, yeah, this will be a bad. And then actually found it really quite amusing. I 
quite like the two um, the two bandit blokes. Yeah, um, the, it was like um, watching an old Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, it was just silly. Comedy. It was just really silly, you and know, it was and they're slipping, and they and I think yeah, it was great. I, th- I think I liked it more because my expectation was that it would not be very good, and then when I started, I watched it. I thought oh, it's actually really good. And uh, what's his name? The little bloke who was the um, one of the two bandits. The taller bloke was um, the voice of, uh, of Bob Hoskins, or no, it wasn't Bob Hoskins. I, was, I keep going to say Eli Wallach, but that's not. I don't think that's he. He's him. a black man, uh, Kev. No, he's not. Um, he was in all the uh, all the Clint Eastwood West- films. No, no, I think he's black, Kev. No, he's not. <laughs> Well, can we get Eli on live? Yeah, well, you, and I'll tell you, yeah, we can't because he's. Question. I think he's dead. I, he's are not you black. black? Are you black? Um, and Where the taller you? bloke was the voice. Uh, he was the voice of um, Howard Stern. No, Howard. His uh, name was Stern. No, Stern. Daniel yeah, Stern. Yeah. Daniel Stern. He's terrific. Daniel Stern. Yeah, he is terrific, and he was the voice of Kevin Arnold in the Wonder Years. He was the narrating voice in the Wonder Years. Um, I thought it was Richard Dreyfus. No, I don't. Richard stand Dreyfuss. by me. Yeah, Richard Dreyfuss does the voice yeah. over there. Okay. Um, but Home Alone, I just I, I always found it. Morgan to... Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> He's the black man, yes. Yeah, not yeah. Eli. Eli Wallach was not a, 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 a Negro man, Brian. He's a very well, short, I, I... very short, unpleasant man who was in all the Clint Eastwood westerns. No, I think he was black, Kev. Actually, and, uh, he's a bit like yourself, Brian. He's a short, unpleasant man yeah. who was in a lot of westerns. Yeah, and um, he used to shoot know, his except, mouth off too. Brian, Brian's been in a lot of best westerns. <laughs> best westerns. <laughs> went to one. Went to one on the weekend, actually. But anyway, um, uh, well, you know, I am like Eli Wallach because you know I acknowledge my black heritage oh, and um, start. Yeah. anyway and my worst one is I'm sorry I just never found anything remotely funny about Tim Allen in the Santa Claus I just it was a film that I just saw and went oh really no, that's all right he was he's also the star of Christmas with the cranks I was in that as well oh yeah, the star. yeah and, and I think there's another there's a, a 2022 version out now called the Santa Clauses, and there's a like a, a female Santa Claus and something else. Oh, sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to have a female Santa Claus. Yeah, great. Let's have a male Wonder Woman for yeah. sake. <laughs> you know. Oh, James Bond's well, going to be a black lesbian I don't girl. Know, I don't know. Off. I don't know if you saw the story today, but there's a, some group came out and they don't want fat Santas in shopping centres because it. It gives kids a bad uh, a bad role model um, with their dietary habits if Santa's fat. Well, I remember as a kid, I was always, you know, trying to look like Santa as much as I could, trying to look like Mick Jagger. <laughs> Let's look like Santa. These <laughs> people are stupid. Yes, correct. Righto. Best, yeah. best and worst. I mean, they've done a lot of things with Santa. You can't sit on his knee anymore. No, you can't. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to fondle, you're not allowed to grab his Santa sack. <laughs> Jesus, you would have been a horrible child to take to have photos taken with Santa Claus or any of that stuff, Finally, You would have been shocking. Uh, best and worst Christmas song. <laughs> Oh, so I sat on Santa's lap. I said, oh. if I wanted a pogo stick, I would have <laughs> fucking asked for it. <laughs> now, what's going on here, mate? <laughs> uh, right. Just sit on my knee and let's see what pops up. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, 
What have you got for me for songs? Funny? Best and worst Christmas song. I'm not hearing anything. Crosby, I don't care that he – well, I do care that he belted his wife. Nothing nice about that. No, unaccusable. But White Christmas is a good song. I think it's kind of racist. <laughs> I know it's about people working in California during World War II building planes and stuff. They're missing, you know, the snow. But really, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I don't think it's appropriate for today. But anyway, you like it so good. Oh, God. I've been, I've been political corrected by <laughs> Hang on, I'm just watching. There's a pig and a blue moon going past my window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, jeez, God. Five minutes ago, I'm he was telling us he loved You know, you go down to Tarnit and you start singing that, you're going to be in all sorts of bother. Anyway. That's all right. What about your worst song? Hang on, was that your worst or your best, Finey? Best. Best, Best. yeah, okay. What's your worst then? Worst song or worst thing? Worst thing is having sex with an alligator. Yeah, no, yes. (laughs) And getting the the oral sex off it. That's just a a no-no. Go for the parrot. (laughs) (laughs) Those beats are are pretty sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Those little peckers, they can do some damage, you know. And I'll tell you what. If, tell if me I, about it. My if little break, peckers doing damage all the time. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, fellas. I, I hope so. If I break into a zoo yep. and had a choice of having sex with any of the animals in a zoo, well, who are you gonna go I for? certainly wouldn't choose the only animal that could talk. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mr. Ed is out for you. That's a very good point. If you, if you stuck a hot dog up his ass, he'd tell everybody. I don't know. I don't need. To, I don't need. I don't need. They open the zoo the next day. Finally, fuck me. Finally, fuck me. Finally, fuck me. <laughs> uh, very, very good point. Very, very good I'd, point, I'd, Mr. Fine. I'd, I'd be straight up the ladder. I'm straight up the giraffe. At least they keep their mouths shut. <laughs> don't quote me on that. Don't, no. don't, don't put that on my – do not put that on my tombstone. Actually, I, I think straight. the giraffe would be better for the girls, to be honest, but you can work out why I think that. All right. Yourself. Okay, fine. Oh, we know. Uh, what's, your, <laughs> what's your bad song, Vonnie? <laughs> you are a boastful man. Couldn't even be deep-throated by a giraffe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, this is much better to show than last week, I tell you. <laughs> well, you're conscious for this one. We're going, we're going straight to number one. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Worst song. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we did this last year. I'm sure I did this song. And I don't care if we do this show for the next 5,000 years. <laughs> This is the worst Christmas song ever because it ticks the it ticks all the boxes. One, it's a cover version, which I don't like. Oh, f- them. Two, it's got the worst lyrics I've ever heard in a song. Right. right. I leave the back door open if someone smells a mouth. Oh, hang on. This is getting a bit sexy, isn't it? Right, hang on, hang on. I'll leave the back door open if someone sells, smells a mouse because no one wants Santa to be in trouble 
if there ain't no chimney in the house. Good. How's there ain't no what? Right. So it ticks the boxes. Worst, it's a cover version. It's got terrible lyrics. It's got the worst title of any song ever. I mean, you know, look, Santa's copped a, copped a lot in recent years. Yes. But they have a song called Backdoor Santa. is, just, <laughs> is appalling. Uh, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Box Are number we? four, nobody has ever liked this song or ever sung it at a Christmas party. But number five. The box that ticks all boxes that means it is the worst song ever for Christmas. And this is the box, once it's ticked, can never be unticked. It's sung by Bon f***ing Jovi. <laughs> oh, f*** <laughs> off. And, and have a guess how the song starts. Uh... Like all Bon Jovi, do you know how all Bon Jovi song starts? What, 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 with the f***ing voice guitar thing. All their songs start with a fake crowd going berserk. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> it's John Bon Jovi doing a cover version of some unknown repulsive song from the 60s. Wow, yeah. And then it's that electronic synthesized $10 Wurlitzer that starts all their songs. You know, people what say, people say, oh, I I don't like America because of this. I don't like America because of that. And I like America. But if I had to say I don't like America, I don't like America because Americans like Bon Jovi. Yeah, it's just how stupid they are. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, God. All right. Now, Manix, are your, uh, your best and worst songs? Start, um, start worst, top, this, was the, this was the easiest one for me to decide on. Hmm. Little Drummer Boy. Gee whiz, that's a shit song. Yeah. And when I toured with Joan Jett, she's doing a rock and roll version of Little Drummer Boy. It's like, oh, my God, Joan, this is horrendous. Really? And Have you heard James Rain's version? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> my God. You know, I was thinking about James Rain today. And oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I was thinking about, you know, the five best front men in the world. And I'm thinking Mick Jagger, freaking. Um, Mick Jagger, Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison, Michael Hutchins, me, Noddy, and not well, Noddy just stood there with the guitar. James Rain standing there with his acoustic guitar playing mediocre rhythm and doing a really bad impersonation of John Fogarty. I, you know, sorry, I, I've digressed. Yep. Anyway, Little Drummer Boy is the worst. Johnny LaPiccolo. <laughs> Actually, Johnny Lapiccolo, he's pretty talented. He's, he, you know, he, he makes the long choices, but he can sing and he can play, but he just plays shit. But no, he's a good, he's, he he's a good man. Box. Well, you know, once you play the squeeze box, it does give you a really good um, uh, four, four background hours. for music. <laughs> so anyway, no, no look, I, I don't want to hang shit on Johnny, John St. Peter's. I think he's... Um, He's a nice guy. He's always been friendly to me, um, and I know that he's really talented. I'm just better. He's a good him. fella, John. Yeah, he is a good fella. Yeah, he's he a good bloke, and um, so well done. Squeeze John box Saint was Peter's. a mistake, but anyway. Well, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you know, I started on a kazoo. You know, I think if I'd started on the squeeze box, I'd be far better musician. Anyway, you oh, and, and my good one, 
my good one, mm-hmm. my best Christmas song, mm-hmm. was Kevin Bloody Wilson. Hey, Santa, Santa Claus, you. Yeah, you, okay. I yeah, don't yeah, need yeah. to say what it is, but hey, Santa, Santa Claus, you. Where's me freaking yep. bike? That's. I reckon that's hilarious. So um, that's Kev, my best. Kev's one. a podium finish for me in the top in the best three because I just thought that was hysterically funny. He's a podium finish. Slade's a podium finish for me in my top three. Oh yeah, they got a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, that makes you know not his money every year for him. Um, but my number one's uh, Jose Feliciano, uh, Feliz Navidad. I just love that. I've I've always loved that song. I think it's an absolute ripper. Uh, just just beat Slade out there uh, for my number one. My number one bad. Oh, that's funny because I there's a, I loved Jose Feliciano's "Where's My Fucking Bike," and Santa <laughs> goes right there in front of you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be rude, Jose, but it's four foot away from you. Now leave me alone. You know, if my list had been like put out a whack and and printed somewhere and it had been, hey, Santa Claus, where's my bike by Jose Feliciano? People, I could have been in all sorts of trouble finding. Thank you for making sure that didn't happen. <laughs> hey, Santa Claus. Uh, where's my freaking bike? <laughs> it's Santa there, Claus. <laughs> Santa it's Claus, you bastard or whatever. <laughs> um, hey, Santa Claus, you're gringo. Where's my bike? Um, my number one bad. Uh, no, it's very hard for me to uh, 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 pronounce this woman's name. It's a it's a hyphenated name, but um, a lot of dead uh, air here, Kev. Sorry, <laughs> a lot of dead air. No, here, Kev. A, it's very hard for me to 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 pronounce this woman's name because it's a, a hyphenated name, and I really struggle to to actually get it right. But I think I've got it right. Um, mm. done, done a lot of different Christmas songs, a lot of different um, Christmas standards, but. For me, you're talking about Jenny Smith, aren't you? No, no, no. For me, one of the one very of, difficult to pronounce. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, uh, never, never got one of the songs that she's done right. Unfortunately, it's a uh, Ruth Jones, as I said, um, hyphenated name. It, I, I believe it is fucking Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, yes, I think yes. that I think that's how you say it. I think if, look, yes, I mean, just I mean, call her fucking Mariah Carey. Just call her f***ing for short, yes. and that's how she got her career going. She does <laughs> have funny, you know, Kevin has resistance where in between a hailstorm <laughs> of of bad language from me and you, Brian. Yes. We finally dragged him into the gutter. swearing. But Mariah Carey <laughs> brings the worst out of Oh, Kevin. yeah. Oh, she does. I just – I'm sorry. I was in a shop the other day, and they started playing, and I walked straight out. I thought, I'm not sitting – I'm not – I don't care what you sell in this shop. I'm not staying in here to buy anything. I'm getting out because I will not listen to that woman kill. Um, and that's perfectly why good. Kevin is doing this program without underpants. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Finey. Now, though, we finish with your best and worst Christmas present of all time. Finey? All right. All right. Now, full admission, being Jewish, I don't celebrate Christmas. Well, I, you know, I kind of understand. So Festivus. I just have to do best and worst present. Yes. Definitely my worst present was this year's on my birthday. Oh, no. I caught COVID. Oh, so okay. I only had COVID on my birthday. I only had it for one day. We were planning to go out. I came back from work. I couldn't move. I was. I felt fit out, but yeah. it only lasted a day. Are you hoping <laughs> that somebody will give you – are you I hoping somebody will give you – are you hoping that someone will give you COVID for Christmas? 
At least if somebody gave me VD, there'd be an upside. C O V I D, not the same. No. I, no. I, I don't know how. I, I don't know who gave me COVID, but it wasn't as fun as gonorrhea. Yeah. Anyhow. It's a wonderful philosophy for life, Finny. <laughs> Correct. At least gonorrhea um, is fun. That's a T-shirt, isn't it? There you go. Yeah. Isn't it? Is isn't it funny though? It, it you know, you feel like you're pissing razor blades, but it's called gonorrhea. What's it got to do with your ears? <laughs> Unless you're doing it wrong. <laughs> sounds like sounds like you're deaf. Yeah. Gone gonorrhea. God's got, got gonorrhea. gonorrhea. I can't hear anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your best <laughs> present? <laughs> we've really well done, this, We've really turned this into a Christmas oh, episode, haven't we? Good One good. for the kids. Yes. All the kids. All the kids should listen to this episode of Rock and Roll on Christmas Day. Yeah, and the, the show's going to finish with one of you saying Merry Syphilis and a Happy Gonorrhea. I can just, I know that's going to happen now. <laughs> yes, dollars. Okay. <laughs> And my best present, mm-hmm. you're going to think this is to do with the sex room because it's currently where it is. Well, we want to know about the sex room. No, we don't. <laughs> anyway, it's in the <laughs> sex room at the moment. But a couple of years ago, during COVID, when we were all sitting around doing nothing, my wife bought me one of those beautiful massage chairs. Ah, very nice. Yeah, they're good except when you drop your keys in them because they they're like a cavern and you put your hand in it and it's like if somebody turns it on you'll you'll end up like Doc Captain Hook or something. But they're very good. And with a few I met somebody like that. Yeah. With a few modifications and a couple of addi- addiction oh, additions. Oh Jesus. Uh, if you with a couple of add-ons and a bit of home carpentry. Yes. <laughs> It could it could prove to be the number one ride <laughs> in in the um in the uh, uterus of fun. It might. <laughs> it's uh, the uterus of fun. Gumbaya Park has just opened up a, a Victoria's uh, fastest roller coaster, but it may actually be currently residing with some ram- uh, renovations to be done to it. Yeah, modification to be done for in your sex room. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you need a. I don't know if you need a, a license to modify a, a massage chair into an orgasmic. Yeah. Orgasmatron. <laughs> yeah, it'll 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 either turn me on, or it'll either turn me turn me on or into a kebab, one yeah. or the other. Yes. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you in the new year. Good luck, uh, righto, Menix. Uh, best and worst present, sir. Well. Okay, um, they're both ones that I gave, and one of the, <laughs> the, the best one. Well, actually, you know, when my kids were little, you know, they get all excited about Christmas, and they go, oh, "Dad, what are we, what are we going to get for Christmas?" And I said, oh, "I'm going to give you a turnip," and I just kept this up. So come Christmas Day, I wrapped them up a turnip, and I gave them a freaking turnip for Christmas. So yeah, rock on. I had other presents, but. I think a turnip is possibly the most shit present you can get. Um, but I also, I've got a double-edged sword here because 
you know, my son and me, we love playing video games and shit. And when you play video games, you've got this, this uh, you know, loading, please wait, you know, while it loads the game up and all that sort of shit. So I got a, a video game, you know, packet, and then I found this kid that looked bored as shit on the internet, and I made this cover and said, is this new PlayStation game called Loading, Please Wait?, and then on the back, it, on the back, it said, "At last, a game with none of that annoying gameplay. Just twenty-three hours of loading. Please wait." <laughs> and I thought, "Yeah, that was pretty good. That went down pretty well." But um, yeah, a video game that's just loading. Please wait and a turnip. They were my worst Christmas presents that you could possibly get. And the best one was um, something I gave him a son and it was a bit of a, you know, it wasn't something I thought, oh, yeah, he's going to – I just was like, yeah, that that could be good. And I kind of liked it. I wanted to have a go at it. So it was as much for me as it was for him. But it was – now, you remember G.I. Joe? Well, Action Man was like the poor man's brother of G.I. Joe. Right. So anyway, a- Action Man had a kite. So I bought the Action Man kite and it was fantastic. You know, I thought this was going to be a dud, which is a little bit of extra you stick in Santa's thing or whatever. And um, so you get the kite, and the kite really flew well. You know, it didn't take much wind to get it up there. It wasn't like a struggle, you know, oh, I only work on certain days. It worked nearly every freaking day. And it go up to about 300 feet in the air. And then you had Action Man, and you'd hook him onto the bottom where you're controlling the kite, and he had a parachute. And then the wind would blow Action Man up to 300 feet in the air where the Jesus. kite was sitting, and then it would release him and he'd parachute to the ground and the parachute worked and it was like, you know, I remember going to, you know, Glenelg Beach or Brighton Beach in Adelaide and all these other kids were just human that they didn't have one. <laughs> it was just it was just such a great toy, you know. It flew. Oh, kids. How old were you? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I was one of the other kids, but I was about probably 35 or 40 at the time. But, um, but no, nah, the these action. Kids, I won't ever go. I'm probably going, piss off, it's mine. <laughs> Look, if I could get another action man kite, I'd buy it just for myself. And I'd get down on the beach there and you'd watch all the kids going, oh, wow, you got an action man kite. So did but the, the, the fact- other kids bash Max up? No, because oh, okay. I was with him and they knew I looked pretty tough. Oh, okay. Uh. The other kids were going to their mum. See that little kid over there with the wrinkles on his face? Oh, <laughs> 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 on, on, on his toy. Uh, the action man kite was and, and just... the mum, And you know what the mums would say? Yeah, so do I. <laughs> put, put sunscreen on or you'll look like that kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm hearing? <laughs> that nobody is being my friend. Okay. <laughs> Very good, Brian. Thank you for sharing. Thank that you. sounds like a great toy. Oh, it's fantastic. I want to get another one. I'm going to see if I can get one on the internet. It's, it's. I want one of my own. 300 feet in the air and he parachutes out and his parachute works. That's pretty bloody good. Oh, it was either great. That or, you're, either that or you're smoking a good, good <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anything's possible. Oh, well, you get <laughs> you buy drones now, and the drones do all that stuff, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, you know, I like the uh, the basics. 
you know, like Schindler's List for Christmas yeah, and all right. uh, Action Man Kite. Now, my best and worst <laughs> present is the same one. It's the same thing. The best present I've got, I was a kid, I remember I was about 10, 11, it was a bike. And my dad had put it all together and it was uh, just, I thought it was the ant's pants. I thought it was the best thing ever. Dad's dad's put me, dad, I've got a bike. And I kind of, you know, I was past the Santa thing. So, you know, mum and dad have gone to all the trouble to get me a bike and it, I put it in my room and I woke up in the morning and I had my hand on it and it was just. It you was, held it all night. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I hand on it. <laughs> yeah, pretty that, much. It's that's story. not a nice way to thank your parents. <laughs> story of my life, funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I thought this is just the best thing ever. What a, you know, what a wonderful present. So did uh, I the first time I did it <laughs> and I haven't stopped ever since. <laughs> It's a gift that keeps on giving. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> you know, my mum said to me, if you keep doing that, you'll go blind. Mm. And I said, can I still do it? Can I do it until I need glasses? <laughs> oh, God. Mate, you disrespect Stevie Wonder completely. Oh, it's terrible. Don't well, that's how it would happen to him. Yeah. Oh, I just couldn't let go of it. No. Um, so I got this bike, and I thought it's the best, the best thing ever. This bike is just magnificent. I was so appreciative, and I knew, you know, they'd gone to a lot of trouble to put it all together. And Dad had done it all up. He got it from the second-hand shop or whatever, and done it up, and all or the tip. I don't even actually know where he got it from. Are you leaving a key point out, Kev? What's the key point? You might think, Brian. It was a girl's bike, Kev. Yes, it was, Brian. Yeah, that's, that's why. That's why. Well, that's part of the reason it became. Um, uh, sort of problematic um, because when I, you know, jumped yeah, on the you bike. You had to and, bar up to make it look like a boy's bike. Well, well, another little problem is that the dad wasn't terrifically mechanically minded. So when you pedal, when you, you know, you stand on the bike and push the pedals down and you go like that, yeah. get a gun. Well, it slipped. It used to slip. The chain would, well, would slip. So what would lucky. happen is, and this was in Queensland, so barefoot on the, on the bitumen. Oh. No skin on the toes of the uh, of the right or left leg. It was mainly the right leg, um, as you would uh, get to that. So I finished up. Uh, it became. I worked out how to you know not mind yeah, you. Yeah, no, you take the wheel back, wheel back a little bit further. We'd done tighten the chain. We'd done. We well, Dad never kind of got that going on, but uh, I worked out not to do. Well, that. you know what your dad was doing, and I admire him for it. What's that? Stopping me from you having a hand on it. Heard- no, you know the song A Boy Named Sue? Yes. Well, you got your girl's bike, so you'd grow up tough. <laughs> there you go. Well, it uh, I don't think it worked. Tell you what, you've been tough on us tonight. I think it's because of that girl's bike. <clears throat> well, you know, the memories came back. So I'm going to buy a bike up here, and I reckon I wouldn't mind getting a girl's bike because uh, that ball, that bar that you just bang your balls into when something goes wrong. No, well, no. Had, had it been a boy's bike, I probably would be speaking like this now because I would have been banging my uh, the tackle straight onto that bar every five minutes and was still slipping. So, well, do you, do you remember Finey's review of Time Goes So Fast, the X Men song? What happened was I'd been riding the push bike beforehand and hit the balls into the bar, and uh, that's, that's the vocal performance you hear. Yeah, so Finey was right on the money there. You mean when Finey said, who was the girl who was the lead singer on that song? <laughs> yeah, he was a girl on a boy's bike. <laughs> it didn't work out. It was my one appearance anyway. on a thing. Anyway, uh, look, uh, so that that's it, gentlemen. Uh, we've done uh, – What's your, What was your worst present? That was it, the bike. It turned out to be the worst present ever. It was, uh, for, I thought it was a good present. Well, it was. What was, your, what was your good present? Well, that the bike. The bike was. The, the bike was your good present, present and your bad present. 
Brian, yeah. can't you work it out? <laughs> the bloke's only ever got one present. Sheep's <laughs> creepy. He needs to watch Schindler's List and cheer up a bit. <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, that's 2022 done and dusted. Uh, so I want to say, uh, before we uh, we uh, sign off, uh, say thanks to Steve who, uh, who produces this every week. Yeah, um, big thanks. Good on Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Steve. Um, I don't know how how you get through uh, this every week, but mind you, I don't know how anybody does. But uh, well, thank you very much for your great work during the year. We really do appreciate it. Very, yep. very, very. Thanks, Steve. Much appreciate it. Uh, Most important member of the of the team. Uh, thank you, Brian, for your oh, contribution. Well, after you, Kev. But you know, there's you, there's Steve, and then me and finally sort of wander in. No, later that's on. not that's not true at all. Uh, no, th- very much so. Kevin puts it all together. Big thank, thanks, Kevin. Thank, thank That's you, Mr. Right. Fine. And if it was up to you and me, Fine, to run this, we'd be all over the shop like a mad woman shit. <laughs> and there are a few people I'd like to thank, if I could. Yes. Please do. Usman Kawagra, Mariah Carey, James Rain, John Bon Jovi, <laughs> Celine Dion, Spielberg. and many others who've made this program so memorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true. My God, have we turned in? We've turned in the greatest Bon Jovi bashing program that God put breath into. No, there's oh. another one. There's another one. It's it's rates number two on the Spotify charts. It's called Bon Jovi. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's two hours every week just analysing Bon Jovi and telling everybody why they're. F- Sorry, Steve. There's more work for you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, just when Steve thought he could put the uh, the beeping machine away, he's had to bring it out at the end. Uh, I feel really f- bad. About oh, stop that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, boys. It's been uh, it's been fun. It is fun every week to do, and uh, thoroughly enjoy it. So uh, look forward to finally have a lovely holiday. I know you're going away, so have a lovely holiday with Nat uh, overseas. Enjoy that, and uh, we'll see you when you get back at the sort of towards the end of January. We'll kick this back in the guts again. I can't wait to hear his overseas stories. Hopefully, he'll meet a little Chinese man or. Yeah, little... I reckon I'm going to get my come up and say, We've been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think you're very fun. <laughs> uh, but I think we all, seriously, though, we do have to thank. I mean, we've got listeners out there, we've got fans yeah, out there, we've absolutely. got people that listen in, and, and, and more power yeah. to you to all of them. Yep. Yeah, safe. thank God. Merry, I'll leave it to Kevin. He does his best. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Be safe. Be, uh, be, uh, you know, be good to each other, and uh, and make sure that you, you, when we come back, that you're there, because uh, that's the most important thing. But be, be good to yourself and your family. I'd like to wish everybody an uncanny Xmas. So have a good one. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, mm. Fine. Happy Christmas, boys. Uh, enjoy your families, and we'll see you in the new year. Okay, bye bye, everybody. Love you well too, Brian. Well done, Kev. See I'm not boys. too crazy about you, Kev, but anyway, we'll, we'll deal with it. <laughs> Brian, Brian, Steve's going to need the beep machine again. Brian, go and get. Oh, that's just. I've never heard such <laughs> filthy language. Uh, see you, boys. Take Perhaps. care. Rock on, boys. Cheers. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>